0: Today, we have Michael Fitzgerald with Gideon Properties. Mike flew in from Maryland to share how he went from a one bedroom apartment to doing this million dollar farm deal with no money out of pocket to owning hundreds of doors and running the dream fund. If this is your first time tuning in, I'm Steve Trang, founder of the OfferPass Homes app, the only MLS for off market wholesale properties, and I'm on a mission to create 100 millionaires. One question I get a lot is how do I become one of the 100 millionaires? And please allow me to answer it here. The information on this podcast alone is enough to help you become a millionaire in the next five to seven years. Take consistent action and you will become one. When you hear a nugget, type into the comment section. After the show, identify your single biggest takeaway and focus on just that for the next seven days. If you get value today, please tag a friend below or share this episode right now. That way we can all grow together. And this is a live show, so please ask your questions for Mike to answer. You ready? I'm ready. All right. So first question is what got you into real estate.
1: So I was driving down uh, old R- Route 40 in Maryland and I called a rent to own ad in the newspaper. I had about 10000 saved up. And the guy on the other line, his name was Dave. And he said, I sounded like I'd make a much better real estate investor than running to own his house and told me about the real estate associations in DC and Baltimore and said I could buy property, no money down. So, of course, you know, I was voted most gullible my senior year of high school. So, of course, I believed <laughs> I could buy a property, no money down, and it worked. Yeah. So I started going to real estate associations. About two months in, I had my first deal, 13706 Mercersburg Road, Clear Spring, Maryland. I bought it with a division of proceeds, no money out of pocket, where I could make X and the homeowner could make everything over, over X. So we agreed mm-hmm. to a price, and I was allowed to um, make profit on everything over that price. Um, left my job two weeks before the property settled and never looked back.
0: That was your first deal? How long? So you call the rent to own sign. What prompted you
1: do to call the rent to own sign? So the rent to own wasn't my first deal, but on the rent to own, you know, I, I knew I wanted to create wealth and I just didn't know how. But was there a so book? I said if I if I own a why well, I figured if I owned a piece of real estate I create wealth, so I had to own something. You know, I was 20 years old in the apartment. I I had to own something. So I saw this rent to own sign. I called the guy and he said, Look, you know, I don't think my rent to own is the right type of deal for you, but I I think you sound like you'd make a much better investor than running down my house. I started going to Baltimore Real Estate Investors Association, the Washington, D.C. area associations, Traction REA, so on. But was there a
0: book? or something that you read that compelled you, like rent-to-own, or it was just real estate? I just know real estate will make
1: me wealthy. I, I, wanted, to, uh, I wanted to make money, so right before that, how I saved up the 10,000 is I negotiated a deal over the internet with a company in China for 3,000 little, little mini motorcycles, then said that I wanted a sample order at the same price of 30, used all my $500 credit cards, everything. Sold them in a month by uh, word of mouth. I, I, I used to roll them through um, the the local mall with my name on a piece of paper. I got kicked out of there three or four times, but I sold them in a month. <laughs> Had between ten to fifteen thousand. Called a rent to own ad. Thought I would be a big importer. Found real estate and never looked back. You know, real estate uh, has been really good to me.
0: So what? Uh, so you went to the Rias, you went to and you bought a, You bought you know that property. How long from your very first Ria to actually doing a deal?
1: Uh, about two months,
0: okay. So not terribly long, no.
1: But uh, I took a lot of action. You know, I first I bought a couple hundred dollars in bandit signs. Then I called everybody on Craigslist, and I, I just took a lot of action. And you know, I, I probably had the same thoughts everybody else has: Is this going to work? Should I keep pursuing it? But I stuck with it. I took massive amounts of action, and it worked. Got it.
0: Okay, so all of this, you said that you're 20, you're 20 years old, so this doesn't sound like you were in college. No, okay, so what were you doing? I know you, you did that 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 the toys with China. What were you doing for money before that
1: i was in, I went in the military a week after i graduated graduated high school. I mm-hmm. went to senior week I left two days later i mean what what a surprise <laughs> and um I was in the eighteenth airborne Corps down at Fort Bragg. Um, jumping out of planes with 1st or 3 two first of the heavy artillery. I, I only had a three-year enlistment, and then I was 20 years old still when, when my enlistment ended. Mm-hmm. And within a, a week or two, I, I talked my way into a job I was supposed to have a two-year degree for, left the job four or five months later, still 20 at the time, and then okay. uh, jumped into real estate.
0: <laughs> all right. So then you do your first deal all from your one-bedroom, apartment. All
1: from my one-bedroom apartment. I actually did 15 of my first 17 houses, mm-hmm. and about 13 of them no money down creatively from a one-bedroom apartment.
0: Yeah. So, because there's two things I want to emphasize here, because, you know, we're doing our free on the course, we get a lot of questions, and the, two of the questions that seem to come up a lot is how do I get started, and how much money do I need, and
1: you, you don't need any money. Any money. You, you know, the million-dollar deal you were talking about, when I got that, I had, like, 24,000 in the bank. A farmer calls me up says, Hey, I want a million dollars for my farm. I'm like, Sure, I can help you. Yeah. Then I, I ended up working it out for around 600, uh, where I could subdivide the property, um, pay so much a month for his living expenses, then sell any or all the subdivision towards my purchase price. Literally did the whole deal, no money down. At some point, he points, financed the whole thing. He financed the whole thing. And at the end of the day, I created over a million dollars in equity. Now, with that being said, I thought it would take me three months. It took about fifteen. The county denied me for no apparent reason other than I had a baby face and looked ten years old because we went to the zoning appeals board, I'll never forget it, the surveyor, uh Fred at the time, I had a surveyor and attorney. When, when I started the deal I had twenty some thousand in the bank. By the time I got done the deal, I had over fifty thousand in it. It was money I made along the way on other real estate deals, paying the guys' living expenses, paying for the surveyor. The surveyor stands in front of his zoning commission he, he explains four of the ex, exact situation and at the end of each one he's like so i took an aspirin that day at work so why when i take the same aspirin for mr fitzgerald's situation is he not allowed the subdivision mm-hmm. and i, I got it unanimously uh, netted 1.1 1. 1 million in equity from a one bedroom apartment yeah and then i i did I, I learned one of the biggest lessons of my life steve which is because i didn't sell it I held on to it, mm. and I just thought the equity would keep going up, yeah. and then uh, the recession happened, you know, right before '07, and um, you know, luckily I, I had the farm. I ended up, um, I ended up selling it for much less, and um, and moving to the farmhouse, and that's how I, you know, I had multiple rehabs going all the time. Mm-hmm. My, my original investor um, told me, Mike, you know, you got to cut everything out like a cancer. I, I leveraged the farm. Um, moved into it, paid all my investors off, paid all my losses, and moved forward. I started out after a recession, about 200000 equity, never filed bankruptcy, never modified anything. In fact, the farmhouse, multiple times, I tried to get a refinance, mm-hmm. and they kept saying, no, 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 you got to miss a payment and do a loan modification. So I drove down to BB&T a couple years in because I was paying an arm, 6%, um, parked out front, Uh, rented a sports car, walked in, and asked for the top three people of BB&T by name. And uh, they actually got their offices on the phone. They thought I was supposed to be there. I brought a briefcase and everything. <laughs> so security escorted me out. The next day, they called me up, and they said, um, you know, what was that about? I said, I just want to refinance my mortgage. I called the loan modification. They want me to miss a payment. They sent me a refinance letter the very same day, refinanced me at th- uh, 3.75%. I got it the next day in the mail. That's awesome. And the funny well, thing think, is, okay. years later, I got a BB&T loan mm-hmm. on, a, on a building called the Professional Arts Building. So I told the local market president about it. So he he, he talked to some people about, at BB&T Corporate. The people I said I contacted, they remembered it and they, yeah. they thought it was
0: very funny. I think the key here, because a lot of people, you know, they try to go through the front door, mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with trying to go through the front door, right? Like that's the way you're supposed to go. But the front door doesn't always work, and if front door doesn't work, you got to go through other means and measures, and that's what you did. So I love that. So you actually rented a sports car? Yes. <laughs> Did you, buy, I, did you just buy that suit that day?
1: Uh, yes. And I double parked out front, but I got my refinance. <laughs> I got my refinance. You know, and, and years later, um, the farm's actually an Airbnb now. I'd, I ended up living there 10 years. I went from never living in a farmhouse, never living in the country. I moved in there, Steve. There was four chickens in the barn. <laughs> and I heard about the livestock auction like 15 miles away. So I started going to these livestock auctions. You know, I'm a young kid. I'm, I'm, I'm wearing a tie. I'm around these Mennonites and these Amish folks. I mean, and literally every animal that went through it at, at a deal I ended up buying. So to make a long story short, I had over 150 animals. Now it's an Airbnb of about 70 animals, peacocks, guineas, turkeys, goats. Um, if you want, you can stay there for free. We rent it for about 300 a night. And it's, it's attached to a, a bunch of state parks. So there's hundreds of acres behind it. And, um, I actually had all, all, uh, six Washington County boys and girls clubs up there multiple different Mm -hmm. years. And I ended up living there about 10 years, um, until I moved in, uh, 2015,
0: did you make money like flipping the livestock too?
1: Uh, no, no, no. It was just uh, it was a hobby. <laughs> Got it. I decided I'm I'm doing enough real estate. I'll work on my office and yeah. stuff. But but the cool thing is we get a lot of families there from all over the country. It stays pretty booked. You know, it's mm. kind of like a destination Airbnb now. And, um, Interesting. It's bringing in about six grand a month, so Do I'm, they I'm story happy with it? it. No, but I I should uh you I should, I should add leave story that. behind it. For it's, uh, sure, doing real well.
0: Okay, so first deal, um. Remind me again how you got the first deal.
1: So I put bandit signs out, so first and it, bandit it actually sign. came off a bandit sign. Awesome! And uh,
0: so you did your first deal as bandit sign. Uh, the fourth
1: one was that a bandit sign too? That farm? It was. Um, it was a mixture of direct mail and bandit signs. So got the, it. the the farm was actually um, direct mail. Okay.
0: And so for everyone listening, like how long ago was this?
1: This was in two thousand five. I okay. first got that deal and I closed on it in 2006, um, right, right, end of 2005, 2006. It was beginning of, it was maybe end of 2004, beginning of 2005, I got the deal. Mm-hmm. And then 2006, I, I closed out the deal. But you got to imagine, you're in a one bedroom apartment you've done by when I when I first uh, got that deal I had done three real estate deals I had around 30 grand the bank you know I, I, I was rolling some people you get a call from a farmer who wants a million dollars for his farm some people are going to say hey I you know I, I'm not ready for that deal you know mm-hmm. you, you never know until you look at it and it ended up being one of the best deals of my lifetime and it definitely um allowed me to um not miss a beat through the recession um and pay all my debts and move forward and, yeah. by, I, I, and the recession was great to a lot of real estate investors that could take advantage of it.
0: So we're like 15 minutes into this right? and I've heard two, two, two instances where being super resourceful paid off big time so one of the things that um, you know I, I mentioned before talking about like what you need to be successful one of them is, is resourcefulness and we look for that when we hire so it seems like you've got that in spades how would you teach someone or show someone how to become resourceful.
1: Don't let fear block your way. Don't let you know distance block your way. Think about what you're doing. Make sure you're not doing any one deal that would take that would take your business under. You know, in the farm deal, I knew I was paying for it along the way. If mm-hmm. you know, and and I, I was ultimately going to figure out a way to do it. But you want to look at everything. You know, you don't want to do something that doesn't make sense. You don't want to get distracted. You don't want to. Um, Get uh twenty things going on to where you can't do anything. But if when you're when you're just starting out and you get a deal, if someone calls you up and they want five hundred thousand for a building, that building could be worth seven hundred thousand. You might be able to negotiate it for four hundred and make a hundred thousand dollar wholesale fee. You know, always move forward and uh, don't don't be scared to actually do. So many people when they start out real estate, Steve, they they think they think about what they're gonna do, but they don't actually do it. Then when the leads actually come in, they don't um they 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 hold back on calling. They don't yeah. you know, if you take action and you take massive action, it's going to work. Right. So,
0: you did the farm thing and you said along the way you were doing additional deals. So what other kind of deals were
1: you doing? So my second deal was a subject to the existing mortgage. That's where I actually bought the property, closed on the property with a um with a title company. Um Premier Settlements and Title, I believe it was at the time. And the mortgage stayed in the homeowner's name, but the deed moved in my name, and I got title insurance on everything, excluding the existing mortgage. Um, and when I went to do the deal, you know, you got to remember, I looked 10 years old, 11 years old. I had a baby face, so I used to, I used to go in, and I used to go in my tie, be all dressed up and um and i I used to always say let me get back to uh let me get back to uh my 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 senior advisors i would always i'd always say let me get back to someone else because they thought i was in charge they wouldn't take me serious but what that did is they always you know a lot of homeowners would tell me hey here's what i really need for the property can Mm -hmm. you go ask them for this (laughs) so and i was asking a lot of people at the ria you know my first division of proceeds contract i got from someone at the local ria my first uh, subject to contract. I mean, it was it was a it was a forty page, a friend of mine now, Lou Brown contract I got from someone at the RIA. Yeah. and uh, that that that's how it happened along the way. Now, now my third deal was an owner financing deal. My fourth, my my fourth deal was a farm. My fifth deal was a subject to the existing there's mortgage. There's no,
0: <laughs> there's no trend here. You're just doing all sorts of different deals.
1: We'll, well, correct. So what well, first I did all creative deals because yeah. you know, I, did, I didn't have, you know, how was I going to buy properties without money? There you go. So, you that know, good sense. creative deals, division of proceeds, um, subject to the existing mortgage, owner financing. Then about two years in, I started raising money and, and that's where things got really good because, um, uh, and it was uh, 2005, I guess about a year and a half, in a fellow by the name of, uh, of uh, Richard Greenwald came in my one bedroom apartment and Richard had built a business to 400 employees, just one of the businesses he built. Um, and they were the biggest in the, in the country for Christmas music. They invented the Christmas music box sets. Uh, um, really nice guys. A um, and he uh he he came in uh, my apartment took my shoeboxes full of receipts said Mike you need a bookkeeper mm-hmm. then he said Mike you need an office then he said Mike you need you need a girl Friday you need somebody at the office and and at first i didn't know why was i spending all this money but the, the truth of the matter is him coming into my life is really what allowed me to um really grow as i've as as i've grown along the way
0: so this is a guy massive success 400 employees walks into your apartment and is like all right you gotta fix this fix this
1: fix this correct so he actually he was in his um he was in his uh uh late 70s at the time what was he doing
0: mentoring you know i i
1: just i just um so he was a member of a local group called score i just went to him said hey score you know I'm, i'm looking to raise some money and um he wanted to know more about what i did and so he came in and um and help me with it the funny thing is they're the biggest in the country for christmas music three jewish guys (laughs) they (laughs) sold their company in 1989 uh for 40 million dollars and um now we're still friends to this day um and uh he still he works out three times a week does elliptical for half hour super great guy but the first four years of my business um, he was really involved in uh in advising me when the recession happened, he said, Mike, things are gonna keep dropping, cut everything out like a cancer. Oh, he was the guy. Pay all your investors, um, don't don't modify anything, don't short sale anything, you know, work on your reputation all the way through and you know, I've I've got a flawless reputation on the lending side. Mm-hmm. um and, and I've I, I, I've, I've done so much real estate over years, but I, I have a good understanding of real estate deals. And that's why I like to, that's why I like the fund I have so much with, with my partner Mike Zlotnick, because I get to look at deals all day. And that's, right. that's fun to
0: me. Well, I think one thing just, uh, you know, we, we kind of touched on it really quickly, but I want to emphasize for everybody, you know, you want to score. And so for some people that can't afford to get a mentor, right, can't afford to, you know, go, join a mastermind, this or that, there's a lot of free mentorship. And the guys that are involved in score are older folks who've had successful businesses that want to help young people get started.
1: Well, it, 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 they're really awesome. And actually, all my new managers now, I actually, I, I learned this. I got this advice from a, a guy by the name of Guy Stern. He's, um, I asked him how he became so successful. He said from a young age, he always worked for billionaires. And he gave me the advice to give all my managers a business plan and have them fill out the business mm-hmm. plan uh, for what they're doing. So I use a score business plan for that to this day.
0: You do? Wow, that's impressive and that's really long so I'm, I'm surprised that they were able to complete that i have tried it i did this score business plan I did it one year and i could never do it again because it's so freaking long um, okay so how did we so you, you did you're doing these deals then the recession occurs Was that before or after you started looking for money
1: so that was after and i'd already borrowed money so at the time of the recession i had seven or eight renovations going on and everything went down i, I took over a half million dollars in losses and i leveraged equity in the farm to pay that mm-hmm. And didn't miss a beat. I didn't negotiate any interest and I was paying twelve to fifteen percent interest at the time. But so really, not
0: only were the investors kept whole, you're paying them interest as well.
1: Yeah, I paid their full interest, took all the losses. After a recession I went from being over a million dollars positive to about two hundred thousand negative, but I, I worked my way I, I did everything I was supposed to do. I paid all my debts. I never um I never uh didn't pay a dime of interest. So it's wow. um I'm proud of that fact.
0: Yeah, that's really impressive because I, I know people that made it through recession and they never, they didn't necessarily fall, you know, everyone was, was repaid. But I don't know anyone that also was paying the interest as well, all right?
1: Yeah, I paid all the, I paid all the, I paid every single bit of interest. You know, luckily I had seven or eight going on going on. You know, if that happened, you know, a couple years down the road, when I had 20 going on, it would have been a little tougher. Yeah, for sure.
0: All right, so you're finding money and then you, uh, the recession occurs. So how, what did you do during the recession?
1: So, during the recession, I uh, did more deals. I uh, looked for real estate harder. I bought real estate lower. All the recession did was change the numbers I buy out. It changed nothing else. Yeah. And actually, um, a couple years, banks wouldn't work with me my first three to four years. Every time I went to a bank, they uh, they said I didn't have enough experience or, you know, I didn't. So, I remember there was a fellow, Steve Michael, in town for a long time. And he used to tell people, when when Mike first came in, he looked 10 years old. And I said, this kid's either going to be really rich or flat broke. I can't take a risk (laughs) on him yet. And the same thing, I I used to walk into all the banks, and I it took after about four years, I started working with the bank. The recession was still going on, you know, it was a lengthy recession, and it was um, the best thing I ever did. You know, I started picking up a lot of rental property, and in real estate, rental property is very forgiving. You know, anybody getting into real estate, I'd recommend wholesaling at first, building capital, then picking up rentals. The great thing about rentals is no matter what you're making, what, what you're making today on cash flow, you're paying it down, you're increasing equity, you got a good write off, and um, you know I've been very blessed to have the rental portfolio I have, and um, I'd recommend anybody getting into real estate. You know, if you're sitting on a lot of cash, you're wholesaling a lot, turn it into a rental property, buy it at a discount, refinance it. You don't have to have twenty or thirty percent in it. A lot of times, if you buy it at a discount and grow wealth,
0: yeah. So you're acquiring properties, you're buying these are for buy and hold. Yes. Okay, so then. What'd you do once things turned around? Like when did when when did the, the so I was of
1: doors so so when during during a recession I wholesaled, I renovated and flipped homes, and I bought I started buying rentals about four years in. I I did I did the whole array. Um, it wasn't until about two thousand and uh, yeah, be, before two thousand thirteen I just did regular um real estate projects. <sighs> so although my fourth deal, <laughs> bless you. Although my my fourth deal was a was the was the actual subdivision deal, um, I did another subdivision deal in between, which netted about five five hundred thousand equity. Did pretty good, <laughs> and uh, it took me like four years to sell. That's how those deals tend to work. But I um, I, I just kept moving forward, and then in about two thousand and thirteen, um, I took on a condo project, my very first one. Uh, to this day, in, in a market that has some very high-end condos, that project through four and five resales, last time I checked two months ago, still has the highest selling square footage. Um, it's in Frederick, Maryland, uh, 900 square foot condos uh, for about 500000 So I've done, uh, I did an, I've done two, I did another high-end condo project, the Piffian Castle, and then I've... Um, so, I, I mean, when you say you sure, do a
0: project, what does that mean to do a project? That means
1: I buy a building, I completely gut it, and completely redo it and make it beautiful. And then so a, you're,
0: while some of us are wholesaling contracts or flipping houses, you're flipping entire projects.
1: Correct. Awesome. So right, right now i got one of the coolest ones of my lifetime going on. I'm actually hoping for a state catalyst label. Yeah. Um, and it's looking like I'll get it. For a what label? A catalyst label. What does that mean? It's, I'm, I'm hoping and I think I'm going to get it, a federal, state, and city partnership on a catalyst project for a city. In 2015, somebody called me up. It was kind of like the farm deal, Steve. And I said, Mike, um, are you interested in buying this office building? The bank was in big trouble. The feds were about to take them over, and they had to sell $270 million in real estate or the feds were going to take them over. So I ended up buying a building called the Grand Piano Building on a short sale. The original note was $2.2 million. I got it for approximately 700000 had never done a project over the condo project, which was less than 10,000 square feet, and I bought a 50,000-square-foot office building. But I said to myself, if I'm buying a 50,000-square-foot office building for 700000 it has to be a good deal, right? <laughs> it has to be. So actually, um, that was my first city partnership. The city contributed $150,000 to that project as long as I hit my goals. At the end of the day, I added over 100 jobs downtown and, um, and about 5,000 feet on the street a month. Now, the big part of this is when I did that project, local developers called me up. This was before Hagerstown, the city I'm in, started really moving forward. They said, Mike, what are you thinking? It's going to take you 10 years to fill. It's going to bankrupt you. You've been doing so well. When I finished the building, it took me four months to fill. You want to know how I filled it, Steve? I went to the market next door, in Frederick, if it's popping, I started knocking on business doors, asking them if they ever thought of opening a second location, <laughs> and taking them to Hagerstown, and I 100% filled the building. So in 2015, wow. I got a citation from the governor in the state of Maryland, which is a good thing, not like a citation like a ticket, in, in front of about 800 people at the Maryland Theater, and it was uh, thanking me for being an entrepreneur in the state and making such a big contribution towards gentrification in Hagerstown and then a lot of other folks started um jumping on jumping on as well and now hagerstown's really took off you know we have how would
0: someone get into a position where the city is calling you or or some institution call the city (laughs) so you call the city you're asking them, like, hey, you got anything that you guys are taking down? You guys were closing on any properties? No, it wasn't
1: the city. The city, I, I bought it from a bank. Oh. Then I went to the city and said, if I do these certain things in this amount of time, uh-huh. will you contribute towards the project? And the city contributed 150000 towards the project.
0: Got it. So it's kind of like uh, some of the um, city subsidies, trying to encourage could, companies. Could, correct,
1: correct. And I, I did another one um, that was about 600000 in contributions about two years ago, and now I'm working on the biggest one yet. Yeah.
0: So... Okay, so you go into the city, and they're working with you. So it's not necessarily the city calling, like, "Hey, Mike, I need you to buy this property." It's the banks. No,
1: no, no that that was a that was an owner calling, connecting me with the bank because the bank okay. was looking to move the property. So the bank, this bank, in uh, in a recession, literally had to sell a lot of real estate. So they were calling your borrower saying, "Look, we won't go after you for the money," and this was a non performing mm-hmm. note. So I was able to get the to, property at about a one and a half million dollar discount from a note. Then I raised some money going into it. You know, you got to figure I'm going to investors. I normally flip houses with and banks trying to raise money for this. Uh, we put about one point. Um, we we put about one point two million into the building. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got one hundred fifty thousand of that back. And it's um, it's a good building. You know, I'm actually my office. We just moved in there a couple months ago. So it's a great so you space. guys still own it. I still own
0: it. Got it all right and then from there how do you go to you said you know a few like 400 plus
1: doors so i i just along the way good deals that came up i was buying actually in the past four years i've sold about 200 doors or i'd have more and then um most of them i own myself i have a partnership in oklahoma where i have 105 units with two mm-hmm. guys that, that's going well and um the doors uh, so when banks started lending to me before they could blink when, when a banker first took a chance on me and now that that banker is a commercial lender took a chance on me said you know i'm, I'm going to take a chance on you and before he knew it i had two million in loans so then mm-hmm. i went to another bank i said well this bank's giving me two million in loans and rentals they're working out good um i can still keep working with them but would you like to give me a like if you want to do anything let me know All right and then um, before you knew it i was working with four or five banks and had <laughs> And um I said and I said when I was twenty uh five years old, I wanted to own two hundred rental units by the time I was twenty nine uh, when I was twenty seven I owned two hundred rental units.
0: That's awesome that's incredible
1: <laughs> and I did it from nothing you know my, my biggest achievement still is um you know I was able to uh to uh, buy my childhood home back for my parents and move them into it so I'm yeah. happy about that
0: so one of the things that people you know kind of like have a mental hurdle that you need again talking about earlier you know you needed money so what was your circumstance growing up to
1: see you know my 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 dad worked very very hard you know he always had uh two three even four jobs and um um when we when we were growing up i used to get um bags of clothes on the porch from churches presents from churches around holiday times you know my dad worked really hard but um i've always been motivated to make money so when i was eight and, 9 and ten years old i was shoveling sidewalks when i was 10 i had a paper route i got my first front page newspaper article they dropped me off in neighborhoods and i ended up selling almost every door of it open so i sold over two thousand new newspaper subscriptions in a summer mm-hmm. um, i started a paper out like 70 customers when i was done it had 400 and they had to split it in half and they um gave me a paper article it was called the bird boy of sharpsburg in the middle of an article it said this charismatic uh five foot one uh seventh grader says what he's going to do is uh sell all his baseball cards and open up a pet store and a chain of pet stores <laughs> then um, i might always worked before i was 18 you know so I that was 10 years old that you yeah. were in paper about yeah. opening the, all yeah. these pet stores yeah then i then i had about <laughs> 20 lawn mowing jobs i started paying other kids to mow them yeah. then i um before i before i went in the army before i graduated i, I played uh sports every season and i, I went to um um, i worked at british's great outdoors a clothing store at uh, timberland levi's dockers multiple restaurants i always had a job um I, and um or I, I always had a job or some type of business before i went in the military even when i got out of the military i said you know what do i do do i do i go out of college i, I want to make money yeah. and i just kept looking for ways to make money i read something in forbes about importing so i did the deal in china and a guy said uh Hey, you sound like you make a better real estate investor. So I turned to real estate.
0: The reason why I'm asking this is because I want these people to get the, the limiting belief that you need to come from money, or your parents need to. Set you yeah, up I, for I come. I,
1: I come from no money. My parents are really hard workers. They're wonderful people. Um, my, I definitely got a work ethic from my parents, but um, you know, I come. I, I started with nothing. You know, my, my parents really struggled when I, as I was growing up. Um, late, later on, after I was in the army, they, they were. Um, he, he, they, my, my dad went full-time Army, actually, full-time National Guard for the retirement. But um, growing up, it, it started out when I was 9 or 10. I wanted I wanted, uh, I wanted uh, new clothes. I wanted some of the clothes other kids wore because I'd get picked on for m- moving to uh, different towns and, and getting clothes given to me and, and wearing the same clothes that somebody yeah. else wore that they donated. So that's where it's – you know, I've just always been motivated. But I remember from a very young age, I used to uh, hide my birthday money until – it added up. I'd always end up giving it to my parents to help them out. Same with the paper route. I've, mm. um, I, I contributed uh, my whole time growing up. And uh, wow. but I'm, I'm grateful. My like I said, my dad's a hard worker, and they're good people.
0: So going back, I know you said that you know you just had deals just coming through, and you know just kind of. It, it sounds like they fell in your lap, but they ultimately didn't, right? Like when you're acquiring all these. No, nothing,
1: nothing really falls in your lap. You know, so I, was, I was I was marketing, I was direct mail, and at that time, I mean. It was, it, was, it was really easy because all these foreclosures kept popping up, all these short sales on the MLS, so a lot of the deals at that time I got on the MLS. So you were, but, in,
0: so you were finding that the, the multifamily on the cor- MLS? Correct,
1: but the overwhelming majority of my deals in, in my lifetime have been from marketing or personal referrals. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have an apartment complex in Hagerstown, Long Meadow Apartments, one of the best deals I've ever done, and that was a referral from an appraiser so uh you know i always tell people what i do and to this day i get 5 10 15 real estate referrals a month
0: wow that's really good oh, i used looks-
1: to when i was when i first started steve i used to stand in line at borders if you remember that bookstore yeah and um i used to start talking to people in line and just, just start making conversation and then i talk then i'd say hey guys i got a question how many of you drive by a piece of real estate that looks a little bit run down how long does it take it to write down an address they'd all say like 30 seconds uh-huh. one minute and I'd say, so hey, if you're for me 20 of them, and I close on one, and I give you $500, that's a couple hundred dollars an hour. So I, I literally, from doing that at different stores and talking to different people, at one point in my life, I got 40 to 50 personal referrals a month. Wow. Just from telling everybody what I did. And I, I used to hand out uh, referral fees all the time.
0: Were you handing out those metallic business cards then?
1: No, no. More, <laughs> more recently, I do mass. Uh, I, I do a lot of marketing, a lot of direct mail, yeah. RBM, and stuff like that.
0: All right, so you're acquiring all these doors. And then um, somewhere along the line, you get involved with Zlotnick.
1: Well, that, that's way down the road. Way so down I'm, the road. I'm fortunate to be a member of uh, of um, of uh, two masterminds, Collective Genius, the top mastermind in the country for real estate investors, great folks. I've been a member six mm-hmm. years. The fund is more in the past two years. So March of this year makes 17 years in real estate. I've literally been doing real estate 44% of my life, Steve. And I started yeah. with nothing.
0: Yeah. So you recently, you said the last couple of years connected. Yes. Was a lot naked.
1: and and that's that's really what I see as um as a future. You know, I, I want to get it to where I, I, we're, we're very good at what we do. We got a lot of great tier one sponsors from the pa- mastermind. What that means is, guys that have been doing real estate a good number of years, and they're buying properties at discounts. So we got a lot of opportunity. Mm-hmm. We have third party administration, so everything's verified. In uh, 2019, Q1 through Q4, our first full year of inception, investors made over an 11% return with 10% distributed, and um, I enjoy it. You know, so what I right now we're still doing marketing. We're still we're still uh, picking up a lot of new properties. But what I want to get it to in the next three or four years is I'd like to do one big deal myself away from the fund because I don't borrow from the fund, like an apartment complex, mm-hmm. an office building, and really be a fund manager. I absolutely love it. You know, a lot of our sponsors are, are just um, um, amazing what they do. You know, it's the guys that are going out there offering on 100 apartment complexes a year to buy two that are worth $5 million for $2.5 million. So I feel really comfortable. The downside protection is massive. And I really look at that as where I want to be in the future. I'm hoping I'm 37 right now, just turned 37. But I'm hoping by the time I'm 40, just baby. I, you got baby I like to baby I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to. You know, my goal is to um, raise 100 million for the fund. By, and we 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 have the clients to put it to work. We got a third party administration in the next three years. You know, first I, I, um, I, I'm in such a great mastermind, great folks. You know, both masterminds I'm in. Mean, I'm also in the in 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 the top for real estate marketers you you just i like a lot of the guys in it and collective genius is great so through collective genius um i was recommended eos so we got eos and i'm working i'm working on getting the business to where i have to be there about 10 or 15 hours a week and i I just want to raise money for the fund um whenever you're looking at real estate deals and every single one, it's like, man, I wish I had that deal. It's, <laughs> it's a good day to lend on them. So yeah. I, um, I I really enjoy that.
0: The other one um, you're talking about, you're talking about uh, Matt Andrews? Yes. yes. Yeah. Matt, Matt's a great guy. I'm in that one, too. That guy, he's he, he kind of cracked the code a little bit with Clubhouse. I mean, he's just crazy in that thing. Um, Alright, yeah, so we're both in, in, in CG together. So while I was at CG, uh, someone introduced us, Kong Lee. <laughs> Great guy. Wholesale to millions. Wholesale to millions. <laughs> so he said, Steve, you got to meet Mike. He's my mentor.
1: You want to talk about that? So I haven't mentored many people, but I have mentored three people. And mm-hmm. um, all three people I've mentored are, are crushing it. Just crushing it. So Kong, met me, I, I'm, I'm friends with a, a fellow by the name of Robert Shemin. He wrote a book, Why Is That Idiot Rich and I'm Not? Super great guy. So he invites me different places. I went to one of his super high end seminars. And uh, Kong comes up to me and says, My wife says, You gotta coach us in real estate. I'm like, Look, I, I don't coach people in real estate and then uh, he said, Just just give me a number, give me a number. And after he he was so persistent, after about a uh half day I gave him a number. He um he paid me. I went out there for three days he had been going to high-end seminars for around seven or eight months, or any seminars, trying to pick up his first deal. Mm-hmm. He picked up his first deal within a couple weeks of me going out there. Had three deals in two months, and I, I got to give the guy credit. He's he's amazing. What he, what he's done and what he's turned his business into is absolutely something special. He is an amazing wholesale business. Um, he is he is an amazing business providing people info and real estate. He's an amazing guy. Yeah. Um, and. uh, I, I told him what to do, he did it, and uh, he crushed it, and he's come a long way on his own right. And there was uh, two other people, too, that are doing very well. Um, yeah. I've decided with Focus, you know, coaching really isn't what I do, but I, I'm probably going to set up something once I'm just raising money for the fund and, and my office is really managing a lot on its own, which I'm already seeing that, that start to happen. Um, I'm probably going to do something where I, where I bring maybe one person a month to my office just to, uh, shadow my office and me for a couple days at some kind of, some kind of fee because I, the, the value someone gets off that is, is, is massive. Right. But, um, yeah, I like, I like Kong a lot. He's a very good guy.
0: Great guy. And, you know, we, we're, we're always, you know, texting, you know, pushing each other. So, uh, but yeah, I. I, I wasn't sure what to take him because he's always like, you know, like kind of joking around a little bit.
1: No, so, I was his mentor. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So, um, I mean, you're in Maryland. It's, there's a lot of people in Maryland, right? Like yeah. you're not the only fish. No, 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 no. So how are you different than, than your peers?
1: So I, I'd say I'm different than my peers because a lot of folks, they just stop marketing. Once they get some deals, they, they stop marketing, they do those deals, they interrupt their marketing or you know other other guys they, they get a hang up and they slow down. One of the biggest things I learned in real estate, Steve, is if you have a problem and you lost money on something, do more deals. If you stop doing deals <laughs> that, that kind of messes you up. If you keep doing more deals pay for the problem and move on. <laughs> you know I learned that I guess in um, after a recession in 2011, um, 10ish 11. I had a building collapse and the insurance company denied me, and it was a 13-unit apartment building, mm. and um, it collapsed while we were doing work. I, I had no idea there was foundation issues, and um, I fought the insurance company. I won. I, I still got a fraction after paying attorneys, but over over that time, I could have just stopped, and if I just stopped, I would have been hurt and I would have had to sell stuff, but I kept wholesaling. I kept buying and fixing up, and that paid for everything and and, and moved along, so I'd say, You know, uh, once you start doing real estate, don't let anything slow you down. Don't let anything hold you up. Keep moving forward. Because as soon as you stop moving forward, you take a chance of moving backwards. Yeah. And you just don't want that. You know, real estate has been, um very good to me, and I, I credit it to the action moving forward, and you know, being blessed to be around wonderful people. And speaking of Kong earlier, I've learned stuff from him in the last couple of years, but uh, that, that's been a wonderful relationship, and he's he's a great guy.
0: Yeah, the last time we hung out, uh, you and I was about uh, let's see, it was it was actually last month. Uh, <laughs> we were and we had the chance to see Mark speak, Mark Delatorre speak, and I think everyone got like a big crush uh, <laughs> on, on his business.
1: I agree. I agree.
0: So, what does your business look like today what does your organization look like today and what do you want it to look like
1: okay so what it looks like today is I've hired some high-level people we got a rental division we got the wholesale division which we're, which which we're going move forward on we got the rehab division which we're kind of slowing down on we got the accounting and um, and then we have four BAs that are doing uh, that are taking all the calls live calls from advertising and stuff like that and then we have three maintenance people. So right now, I'm trying to grow my managers. Uh, I learned a lot from Mark about letting them make mistakes, and really just try to be the, the best I can be for them. Um, and and I, I I feel like what what Mark did was the right way. One thing he said, one thing he said during the mastermind that really touched me was the fact he he let his uh, implementer go work in each part of the business. You know, I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. So I took that out of it. And um, so my, my organization today, we, we have a whole chart. It's me and the COO, then the, then the, um, the finance manager. And then um, over top of different divisions, the person is charged to the sales. The, the person doing the selling isn't a VA anymore. And um, then the, the, the construction and the rentals. Um, I used to have a RIA. So I started a real estate investor association with two guys. A lot of folks have spoken of my RIA actually in CG in about two thousand and uh seven then in 2017 i decided i really needed the focus if i wanted to get to being a fund manager and get to yeah. everything i wanted so at one point we had like 300 members um but um, i ended up giving up the ria and just really zeroing in on uh zeroing in on the business um yeah
0: it's tough because i got i wouldn't call it a ria but you know we have our meetup which is a lot of fun
1: they're it's, always fun aren't they
0: they are right and you, you get to hang out a drink and whatever but COVID really screwed everything up and so like I haven't had one since March of last year and so I gotta figure out what I want to do yeah, with that.
1: COVID is uh it depends how it relates to your business you know if it relates directly to your business and it doesn't take your focus away I'd recommend keeping it if it yeah. doesn't if it doesn't meet the end goals and it doesn't relate directly to your business uh maybe move on but I'll, t- I'll tell you they're a lot of fun aren't they're they? a lot
0: of fun no I always it always reinvigorates me it gets me fired up uh so one question um, I want to ask you. It seems like you are always got things going together. Things seem to be, you know, working really well. Do you have moments where you're discouraged or, you know, feeling down on yourself?
1: I think everybody has moments when they're discouraged. Mm-hmm. But um, the best thing you can do is, is think about the end result, and you're already on the way there. Yeah. You know, of course I have moments where I'm discouraged. But um, you, usually when I have those moments um, – I I think about all the great things I have to be grateful for and, uh, where, where I want to be, you know, I'm a big, uh, believer in, in, in announcing what you want. You know, I, I am doing this. I can do this kind of like the St. Germain thing, you Mm -hmm. know, um, i was a little bit discouraged as you know i was when i first joined cg the first couple years i I see all these amazing guys and i see me working 40 50 hours a week to be amazing i was like i want to be one of these guys so i've I've, we're working on that and and we're um we're we're getting to that point very quickly now um so i i would say i would say yes but i i always move on move beyond that quickly
0: got it so tell me about the dream fund
1: so the Dream Fund's with me and my partner, Mike Zlotnick. Uh, Mike has a podcast, uh, uh, big, um, big, uh, big Mike Fund Podcast. It's, um, he's been a successful fund manager for um, about 10 years and we really came up together because i've um i looked at what he was doing and he could put a lot more money to work you know we're in his mastermind we have these guys buying real estate at fractions mm-hmm. on, on the dollar and you know just through re- it's, it's relationship deal making we don't take people on the street mm-hmm. we meet people in masterminds and we 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 uh, look to be part of their mm-hmm. deals where it's a win for them and makes sense for the fund our target return is 10 to 12 percent and we pay investors a five percent preferred return on um, their money, meaning if a fund ever didn't make uh, ten to twelve percent, that five percent would be made up um, in w- when it did. Mm-hmm. But so far, we've um, we, we've done very well, even through COVID. I'm I'm happy with this year, and uh, we feel good about our targeted returns. And then we have third party uh, fund administration, which means they they look through everything, verify everything, uh, which is Verivest.
0: Got it. So um, was that what you were talking about earlier, where you get First looks on lots of great deals. Yeah,
1: that's that's really enjoyable to me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I love looking at real estate deals, you know, yeah. the, the deal itself. And I feel like too when a tier one guy's doing a deal I can add a lot of um, add a lot of value to that. I also mm-hmm. like the wholesaling model. So the idea is that we're gonna we're gonna really I'd like to slow down a rehabbing, do one big deal, keep the whole do one big deal at a time, maybe in three or four years, keep the wholesaling model going, keep my existing portfolio rentals and then uh, really just work on, on the fund. Got
0: it. So, and you,
1: you've had, by the way, I love your podcast. You have some really awesome you. guys on here.
0: We're very lucky to have some really good names uh, come out here, and including yourself. Uh, so, you said you're 35?
1: I'm 37.
0: 37, all right. So,
1: you could stop right now. I could.
0: So why don't you stop?
1: Um, you know, I, I'm driven, and on top of being driven, the core key people in my business I want to take care of and provide retirement for through real estate and I'm not ready to stop you know what am I gonna do if I stop I'm 37 years old I I um, I want to uh, really be um, I really want to um, have the wholesale model because historically I've done a lot of rehabs you know I was doing um, 60 70 plus rehabs a year for a long time and only a chunk of wholesales I'm trying to get it to where it's all wholesale so it's less time-consuming and um, I really like. You had a guy on here a few weeks ago, um, Eric Brewer. He's he has an awesome wholesale model. So I'm really trying yeah. to, um, really trying to uh, get the wholesale model going, um, super strong, and just move forward. I don't. I think if I stop, what would I do, Steve, how bored you'd be bored. You know, bored what, of my mind. what would you do? I just, <laughs> I, I don't see any reason to stop right now. When I'm going to stop? I don't. Yeah. And that everything moves forward uh, very smoothly, regardless. Um, what what about you what keeps you going Steve I just
0: have to crush everybody I don't know what what else to say right <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know my uh, we had uh, uh, the kids who were you know they' were, they had an extra day off with covid you know like school's trying to figure out what to do so my wife's working from home and they're like you know I was like you know, you guys ready to go back to school the kids are like no not really so I asked my wife you ready to go back to work she's like I guess she's like what about you? I was like I can't wait to get back to the office. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's killing me sitting at home, like not doing anything, like I'm playing freaking solitaire, watching videos like on TikTok, right? <laughs> listening to things on Clubhouse. I'm going crazy. Yeah. I need to be doing something.
1: Cuz you love what you do. Yeah. That's very important. You know, anybody listening to your podcast that hasn't done their first real estate deal yet, if they start taking action it'll happen if you mm-hmm. believe it's going to happen and if you if you keep taking action and don't give up you're going to get your first deal and one one thing i often think about is my first year in real estate you know it was hard to get four deals my next year it was hard to get nine or 10 deals my mm-hmm. next year it was hard to get 20 deals well now you know if i push it i can do over 100 deals a year right <laughs> so it gets easier and easier the longer you do it and a lot of it's just experience moving forward and taking action
0: absolutely absolutely uh, so, what is your biggest struggle right now?
1: Um, so, I've got um, I've got a lot of new high level people through hiring EOS, like business implementers, and it's giving giving them enough time and growing them enough um, and that and, and not just uh, not just jumping on things myself.
0: Got it. Um, and what is your superpower?
1: I'd say networking. I, um, I love to network, which is why I wanted to be a fund manager. Actually, COVID's messed me up on that. I've, uh, I've got some great friendships in the Middle East. I got great friendships in America. Some people have seen me in a room and said, Mike, uh, why I watched you tonight, do you realize you went to all 70 tables in this room and, uh, shook everybody's hand? <laughs> Honestly, I, I can't do that with COVID, but, um, I've been able and I've been fortunate enough to, uh, meet a lot of great people networking and, uh. A lot of folks in cg and other folks have told me that's my my superpower so interesting i did Just not say. know
0: that uh you did you did make an appearance in our last youtube video about cg giving the toast um guys please ask questions right like we got we got mike here uh, i'm asking a lot of questions here but this is this is open for you guys to ask questions as well and
1: in, in my instagram if steve doesn't mind is mike the number two the t-h-e fits Mike to the fits.
0: I tried tagging you on Instagram, but you have a set where you can't be oh, tagged. Oh, let me,
1: um, I can, I'll set that off, so yeah. I'll, I'll fix that so you can tag me.
0: Yeah, all right, so then, um, I I saw you answer this question, so I, ha- I have to ask it. What book have you gifted more than any other?
1: Um, Why Is That Idiot Rich and I'm Not by my good friend, uh, Robert Shaman.
0: Okay, so let's talk about that. What were the lessons in that book? Because that's a very interesting title.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's it's a fact. If you just do it, you believe in it, you envision it, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. If you um, if you say you're going to do it, but you don't envision it, you don't believe in it, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily happen. So it's it's a, a lot of people and what they did different and what made them rich. <laughs> but why is that idiot rich? You know, <laughs> because it because they envision in it, they dream it, and they do it. Mm. If you if you if you do it and you envision it, it's always going to happen. Um, You just can't give up the first time it doesn't happen. You know, it would have been easy for me my first, I remember probably a month and three weeks into my real estate career, my apartment, is this going to work? But I mean, if you don't don't keep moving forward, it's never going to work, or no matter what you're doing in life, if you really want to do it, say, hey, here's where I want to get. Here's who I want to be. How do I get there? How do I do it? And you'll get better every day.
0: You know, it's it's interesting because um, I have a, my best friend, right? He's still my accountability partner, we still meet every single month, that's all awesome. to talk about our business. And you know, it's someone like a best friend since like seventh grade. So we still meet every month. And one of the things that fires us up is like, that guy, there's nothing more special about that guy than me. There's no reason why we shouldn't be able to pass him. And that's just something that yeah. and we're both competitive, right. And so we're always looking and measuring. It's like, okay, well, we should definitely pass that guy. So now that guy's the next target. <laughs> and once we pass that guy, okay, that guy's the next target. And you know, we were saying earlier, what is your what is your why? I think just for me, it's just that competition.
1: So I'm, I'm definitely ultra competitive. For yeah. me, it was like really helping out my family and I've been able to do that a lot. Mm-hmm. Now, um, it's my son, I'm a single dad. So yeah. I um, he, I definitely wanna um, create a super bright future for him. And uh, I wanna take care of people. You know, at the end of the day, when I'm done real estate, um, I love I love doing charity work. You know, you brought up uh, Matt Andrews. Mhm. Um, and with the family mastermind, you know, he loves charity, you know, and I, I, I love doing that kind of work. And then the second thing I really like, um, and this is this is going to, uh, this is going to surprise you is, is I like history. I mm-hmm. like old things. So, um, you know, I'd like to dig up a few sites in the Middle East and, um, you like to dig I'm, up sites. Yeah. I, I really, I really like burial. I, I really like ancient history. Interesting. And I, and I really like, um, I, I i really wouldn't mind uh sponsoring some of the excavation of that mm-hmm. and um it's just really interesting to me especially ancient texts and everything else so that's fascinating you know at the end of the day i want to have enough to where i can um where i can do that and uh just off the interest and right. off the rent money yeah and i can also um do the things i want to do for my family and um i love charity especially children's charities you know children yeah. um are just uh, their future and a child doesn't have a choice you know when when i was growing up you know you, you don't have a choice in how you grow up you have a choice in what you do when, when you grow up and i like um i like being able to help you
0: yeah oh I, I, that's powerful and i think the it's, what's important here is like we all start with money in our family like that's we that's where we all start but that's not where we all end right because that's where you start you can stop very early you can rest on your laurels very quickly right matter of th- two three four five years that's not what's going to keep you going. So what's got to keep you going? I have the bigger why. So you kind of talked about taking care of people, charities, um, your uh, excavations. Uh, so uh, Toby has a question. Sure. Do you find multifamily to be more attractive than single family?
1: You know, that's a good question. Um, I like them both. They're both to mm-hmm. attractive to me. Attractive to me. Kind, kind of like um, Bitcoin and Elon Musk. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I like, um, I like single families because you generally get longer, longer tenants and, uh, the residents are there a long time and, um, it's, it's really consistent. I like multifamilies, which are also consistent because you have more people in one place and usually they're higher income earners. You know, I would say if you're just starting out and you haven't bought your first rental yet, stay at a single family or a two units, you know, don't overwhelm yourself, learn mm-hmm. the ins and outs and, you know, really learn what you're doing. But, um, I like them both equally to answer that.
0: Um, as your company grew and your deal count went up, other than experience, what allowed you to continue growing?
1: Um, taking action, moving forward, doing different types of deals. You know, at, at the end of the day, I'm a pretty diverse guy. I've done um, I've done land deals, I've done office building deals, I've, I've done condos. I built new homes. Um, I decided that wasn't for me, but at one point, I think in 2013, I built 12 or 13 new homes, um, and I've. Um, I just kept moving forward and finding what i like you know today i think it's um i have a large rental portfolio i think it's wholesaling and uh, buying a buying a hold asset um here or there is and running the fund is where i'm at today but along the way it was looking at everything that came before me and saying at the end of the day how long is this going to take me what's the return mm-hmm. and moving forward you don't want to limit yourself to what comes in front of you you want to you want to limit yourself to what makes the most sense
0: yeah absolutely i love that all right, so we got number no of questions. So I'm gonna guys,
1: be... come on, let, let me ask me a question. Let me help you. <laughs> yeah, guys, please
0: fire away. Right, I mean, Mike flew in from Maryland, and the guys obviously a wealth of knowledge. Like uh, you talked about your superpower being networking. I would say your superpower. I barely know you, but from what I've seen, it's just not taking no for an answer.
1: Uh, I don't take no, but I've um, I have congressional recognition, Senate mm-hmm. recognition. I have a credibility website. I can I can send everybody on this, but. Yeah. Um, I've been able to make friendships in the Middle East. I've been able to make friendships with, um, you know, d- different political figures. I've been able to make friendships. Uh, I have uh, Santana Moss is a good friend of mine, a mm-hmm. football player. I'm, I have some really good uh, UFC f- uh, fighter friends and MMA yeah. gold teams. So, I've um, whenever you're out, you know, meet people, talk to people, find out what they do. And um, there's a lot of great people in this world, and you never Wolf. know it until you know how I met MMA gold team. I was in an airport security line, and I just started talking to him, and I gave him my business card, and it uh, was a UFC fighter, um, Aspen Ladd, and him, head of MMA Gold Team, um, Jim West Gold. From that, mm-hmm. they actually took me uh, behind the scenes at the UFC. I, I got to sit in front of a fight with Aspen and all the top fighters, and I just <laughs> created a good friendship. So, you know, the world, um, the world really is a is a great place with a lot of great people, and until you get out there you talk to people and you keep your mind open um you don't know what you're truly capable of
0: absolutely uh gregory ballard wants to know how difficult was it to start a fund
1: um so that really i have a great partner with a lot of experience so we we actually went through an attorney they did a lot of the work it's a reg d fund with sec and it, um I'd say if you use an attorney, it's not that hard. I would not recommend starting a fund on your own. Oh, absolutely. Not. Um, if you're just doing a fund to, to buy and sell real estate, I'd probably look at borrowing the money on a mortgage. But if you really want to start a fund, I'd I'd hire a qualified attorney, and have them do the PPM, the private placement memorandum, and all the paperwork. Yeah. You definitely want to cross your t's and dot your eyes with that.
0: Yes, you do. No, you don't want to mess around with SEC. Um, how would one? How would somebody go about finding a qualified? Attorney to do to do that.
1: Google. Google. Um, attorney, set up a fund.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I I was just maybe there was another resource. No, you
1: got you gotta keep it simple. You know, yeah. too many people complicate everything. Too many people go out there and they want to start real estate and they're like, Well if I find a deal, how am I gonna buy the deal? Mm-hmm. If I have a way to buy the deal, what if something goes wrong when I do the deal? Well if something goes wrong when I do the deal, but I get through the deal, what if I don't sell the deal? You right. know, you just if you don't you, you just gotta move forward. Don't don't think so much about what you want to do Mm -hmm. lay it out and executional action items do those action items and move forward
0: yeah definitely so let's say i i took you right plopped you out dropped you well i mean you're in phoenix now so you don't have any deals you don't have any deals right now in phoenix
1: i I don't but i I could
0: (laughs) okay so let's say you know we confiscate your cell phone give you a burner phone how are you doing deals right now if, right. I, if
1: I just had a burner phone?
0: If you had no contacts, right, we had no relationships, how's Mike going to be I would,
1: doing? I would start walking around looking for houses that were a little bit run down and start knocking on doors. <laughs> I'd go to the courthouse or I'd go to the courthouse online. I'd, I'd figure out, you know, um, who may need help. It's behind old payments, the divorces, and I, I'd start making phone calls. Mm-hmm. I, I'd, I'd get it done. I mean, if you want to give me a burner phone today, Steve, you really want to test me. I'll get 50 <laughs> calls and maybe a deal tomorrow. Absolutely, <laughs>
0: absolutely. I love it. Very cool. All right. So, so it, the ahead.
1: point is you don't need money to invest in real estate. Mm-hmm. You need, you need some time and you need to do it. You know, if you look at my first deals, I didn't do money. I didn't need money to do my first deals the way I did them. Um, and you, there's always someone out there that whether it's family, whether it's a friend, um, whether it's somebody you just go up to. To me, it was just I just started going up to people saying I, I made a little credibility packet that, that had, hey, here's who my attorney was, here's who my CPA was. Asked some real estate guys at the Real Estate Association if I could put them on there as my advisors. <laughs> and uh, just started going up to people saying, hey, I'm looking to raise money to buy and sell real estate. I can give you 12% on your money or 15% mm-hmm. at the time. Um, and now I still pay 10% to a lot of the private guys, yeah. but it's, um, it, it's, been a, it's been a good run.
0: Yeah, it's it's incredible, and I think that uh, there's there's something that so I, I I announced a free wholesaling course, right? So over the new year, it's like, hey guys, I'm, for 2021, I'm going to create a free wholesaling course, and be better than any other wholesaling course you have ever seen out there, it's going to be free.
1: Everybody should sign up for it. I'll sign up for it. I'll probably <laughs> if you learn one thing you didn't know before, it's it's an advancement.
0: Absolutely. So um, I, I as part of that, I asked you know everyone to submit a question, and more than half of the questions we got was how do i get started and i counter that with you guys actually already know what to do because you guys have been watching this show so it's not what do you need to get started it's just freaking start anything you want to add to that
1: um you just start just start doing it when i went out to when, when i went out you brought up kong earlier to visit him first thing we do was start driving around looking for properties and pulling lists just do it if you don't have money to do direct mail call the people direct and ha- have a friend call them direct, <laughs> but just call the people, find your first real estate deal. I mean, for real estate, you know, I, I've heard a lot of times that over 90% of, of millionaires and wealthy people had some form of the first part of their wealth created through real estate. Mm-hmm. Real estate's an amazing vehicle. It's an amazing vehicle to live your dream life, do things you want to do, and create a lot of other opportunities. I encourage anybody, but anybody listening to this podcast, my assumption is you want to do real estate so go to your local real estate association ask questions and try to get your first deal if it's no money down a division of proceeds the subject to contract read the contract twice before you go in and act like you've done it a hundred times <laughs> uh,
0: so we got a question here uh, from Ale: uh you told us about your best deal so far
1: what's your worst experience or deal that's a good question um, worst experience or deal Okay, I'm. I'm not so worst deal. I have um, my um. I'm trying to think because you know in real estate I've had a few learning lessons. They're kind of like college degrees. Yeah. Um, I would say the worst deals. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna blanket this. Okay, so I, but the worst deals, which um uh, I've always paid all my interest on, they. They come from um, letting it sit too long. In real estate, if you're passive, if anything, if you give something to someone else to control and you're not watching it and you're not working through it, that can create a uh, a loss. So my my worst deal, um, I myself, not my investors, um, had to pay a few hundred thousand dollars for the deal. But at the end of the day, I look at it as it's a it's a beautiful property mm-hmm. and it's a good piece of credibility. So yeah. Um, I would say that in the beginning, I didn't have, you know, when you're just buying and selling and and wholesaling just houses, if you're buying right, you're not going to come across a lot of losses. If you do, the next deal is going to make up for it. Once you get into the bigger deals, you got to be a lot more uh, cautious.
0: Yeah. Um, One thing you mentioned just a moment ago uh, was that you want to do more wholesaling. Um, I was on a clubhouse with Matt Andrews, and he had— finagled grant cardone to be on that mm-hmm. and grant cardone said that you guys are idiots if you guys are going to keep wholesaling so you know when you get big enough you just keep everything <laughs> you don't wholesale anymore any thoughts on that
1: you know I, I i don't know grant cardone personally but i have respect for what he does mm-hmm. you know obviously he's an amazing guy um i think wholesaling is a good vehicle to keep what you want mm-hmm. i don't i don't necessarily believe in keeping everything you should keep what you want and right now you know what i want is the nicer apartment buildings the nicer houses and the nicer complexes yeah you know you if you keep everything then um i guess you still make just as much money in equity growth and paying it down for sure but i i i, I disagree with grant cardone's advice there i would say wholesaling's a very good vehicle to keep and own what you want and keep the right properties
0: so if I had a Class A apartment, and I wanted to send it to Mike. How would I go about doing that?
1: Oh, call me right on Mike to the Fitz <laughs> on Instagram, or um, send me a personal email. Do, do you have the numbers off the top of your head? How many doors? What's it bringing in? I don't. I'm just curious because you might you, you might be looking for more deals. Yeah, I definitely. You know, I'm right now. The apartment complexes I'm after are more like the B and um, a Class. Yeah. Uh, plus, I sell deals. You know, I I have some uh, turnkey apartments we manage. Um, and I still uh, raise money to buy and sell real estate. I pay 10% of the money, and I have a fund. So I have, um, with the fund, of course, no investments guaranteed. Invest at your own risk. We do have third-party administrators, and we have a good record. Um, with my real estate, I've, I've paid every single loan as agreed. I've done everything I'm supposed to do, and I've done, um, you know, um, I'd estimate uh, definitely north of 1,500 transactions. Yeah. So um, I love my real estate business. You know, I loved rehabbing, but if you're – rehabbing 60 70 homes a year you don't necessarily have the time to do other things but some people want to rehab forever it's it's what you want to do what makes you happy
0: it's your passion uh so jason Toledo wants to know how do you keep your edge in this business as far as health and mentality
1: i go to my masterminds <laughs> yeah so um as far as health and mentality you know i i've been focusing on getting up at four thirty five o'clock every single morning uh, reading, meditating a little bit before I go out there for the day. And um and during weeks I have my son, I try to cut it off at around five or five thirty. You know, it's it's easy in this business just to keep it going, 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 going. There's no but, end. But you gotta take time for yeah. family and you gotta look if if there's no end, you gotta look at who can do this for me. I remember when I first started getting other people to do stuff for me back when I had my office manager, it's amazing what you can do with other people. Mm-hmm. And I'd say the trick is for uh, any other people you're hiring, whether it be a virtual assistant and you know, um, R- Robert uh, Nickel, a good friend of mine, has a good program. They're about $1,700 a month um, with Rocket Station, or it's a, uh, it's an employee. You want to say, hey, what I'm giving this person is that making me two to five times what that person is costing me. If it is, they're, they're a very good hire, and if it, if it gives you free time, it gives you quality of life, Um, You know, you don't have to wait till you're five years in real estate to hire an employee. You know, if you're if you're starting out and you did your first couple deals and you have, you know, 30, 40, even 20,000 in the bank, maybe hire a virtual assistant. You'll be surprised what you can do when you have other people helping you and you create a team.
0: It's amazing what you can do. Um, uh, Larry wants to know, how is COVID affecting uh, how you do your business? besides not being able to shake hands anymore
1: yeah so COVID's affected a lot because i i had made some very good friendships um um around the country and around the world and i you know those have uh really um didn't i i haven't been able to move those forward the way i like i'd like to so i would say it's affected my ability of course to shake hands and things like that but also it's affected everything you know in the office we have to social distance um a lot of times um you know even even wear a mask if somebody even thinks they're sick so it affects how we meet with sellers um it it affects uh it absolutely affects advertising now more people are home so the, the digital advertising um seems to have a lot greater edge on Facebook and stuff now uh COVID's affected everything across the board I mean I really hope six months from now COVID's over I hope this is a bad dream but it's definitely, um, it's definitely affected. I'd say the biggest thing it affected is is how we place tenants, our residents. We, we've increased all our standards to move someone in one of our places because at the beginning of COVID, a lot of folks just stopped paying and said, well, I don't have to pay. The, the governor said so. <laughs> the government said so. So I, I'd say we've raised our standard on rentals. We have a lot more Zoom meetings and um, in a lot less face-to-face contact, but we're still buying and selling real estate. We're still wholesaling and it's actually, um, it's, it's probably going to lower our marketing cost because we, we started some Facebook campaigns and we're getting, um, we're getting good leads from digital marketing. That's, uh, even less. So, anything that happens no matter who's president you can still make money right it, you know the focus is to make money and to change with it I, I like to think about urban years through all the hurdles i faced i've stayed in business by uh changing with the times right and by uh moving forward with the times so always be willing to adapt
0: absolutely uh gregory baller wants to know if you were starting from zero how would you get your first commercial deal
1: if you 're starting from zero, I would recommend wholesaling your first commercial deal yeah. when you 're doing something like that and, and you 're doing you, you got to make sure if you have a private investor and you 're buying say a two hundred thousand dollar commercial property for a hundred and you 're pulling you 're pulling out fifty grand and it needs twenty grand you have enough money you got to remember when you 're doing these type of deals you 're going to put some money into them I, If this is your first deal and you have no money, I would recommend wholesaling a commercial deal and it 's funny you said that. There's a um, young lady in California that called me up and had her first commercial deal, and she was debating wholesaling it or buying it, and holding it as a rental. I said, "Look, this looks like it's going to make four thousand a month, but what if it doesn't for three months? You should, uh, you should buy it and sell it, and um, or wholesale it. And actually, that's what she did. I think she lined up some hard money. She's buying it and selling it and making." i think like seventy five thousand so i would say if you want to do your first commercial deal put it under contract and sell it to someone else how do you find someone else look at everybody else that owns commercial property in an area look at what they paid for it and give mm. them a call
0: there you go um, ali wants to know uh, most successful entrepreneurs have a daily routine what is yours
1: uh, my daily routine is to generally get up around four thirty, five o'clock in the morning I'm um, on weeks. I don't have my son. I I, I tend to work a little bit late, um, but I try to stay balanced. I try to stay healthy. Um, recently, about a a year and a half or a year ago, I was um I'd actually let myself get up to 215 pounds, and now I'm down to uh, like 165, 170. And um you know I stay pretty balanced with working out three times a week, trying to read something every day, other than uh other than real estate and other than business. Um, even though I'd rather be reading real estate and business yeah. and, uh, really just trying to make sure I spend time with my family, call, call my parents, you know, every, every night I, um, I call family members, see how they're doing now. That's awesome. Um, I, and I, would like to get it to where I can, well, we are getting it to where I don't have to work, you know, more than 15 hours a week, but I, I'm, I'm going to do it because I love it. So I'd say, you know, stay balanced, eat right. Um, and um, and make sure that you you're, you're reading your um you're, you're spending time talking to family because ultimately that's what matters in the end. You know, I know I love real estate, I know I love building. I know you know, one day I'd like to do some archaeology, dig up cities that are 300 feet under the ground, you know, everything else, but you know your family, especially your older relatives, are only going to be there so long. you know, think about what's important today. And that definitely helps you stay balanced in life, what's important for the future, um, by looking at today.
0: Yep. Uh, you wants to know, which VA service was it that you recommended again?
1: Uh, Rocket Station, Robert Nickel.
0: Uh, so, uh, and you... If,
1: if you want, message me on Instagram at Mike, the number two, the T-H-E fits, F-I-T-Z. And I'll be tagged on the podcast after this. And um, I'll connect you with him directly. Cool. And also for real estate software, um, I use InvestorFuse, and um, they've really uh, honed in their new software, and that's going really well as well.
0: Um, so one thing that uh, Yui was saying, sometimes he gets discouraged uh, because he doesn't have consistent deal flow. How do you stay focused and train your mind?
1: So I, I got really discouraged in my first year. I was like, why does it take me two or three months for every deal I find? Then my next year, why does it take me a month, month and a half, three weeks for every deal I find? It gets easier and easier. What you do is you keep looking. You take more action to find deals. And then one day you're going to say, hey, I I can just work one day and have a deal a month.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. All right. So we'll wrap up here. Guys, if this was helpful, please like it, share, comment. It helps the
1: algorithms. Uh, yeah, well, it, let, let me say this too yeah. Steve really has his heart in this and he really wants to help you guys he wants to show you guys how you can not only better yourselves today but you can have the dreams you want for tomorrow you know I I, I get invited on multiple podcasts I flew out and I did this one because of who Steve is and where his heart's at so I'd encourage you to listen like and subscribe to his podcast
0: I appreciate that thank, thank, you. thank you very much uh, and then guys tune in next week we got Tiffany High coming out from uh, Ohio she's gonna talk about how she scaled to 200K a month by focusing on KPIs, which I know it's one of those things that no one likes to look at. Uh, Last thoughts.
1: When you grow in real estate, you will learn to love KPIs (laughs) because they they save you a lot of money. (laughs) A lot of money. (laughs) Yes.
0: So, what are some last thoughts you'd like to leave the listeners um, with? So,
1: last thoughts. Um, you know, take massive action. Uh, Kong likes to say this, and I told him this years ago action plus action equals massive action then results are inevitable. Yeah. You know, if you dream it, you can do it. Um, the world you dream of tomorrow uh, it depends on what you do today. And if you take action, you're going to have it.
0: I love it. That's it. If we had a mic that we could drop, we would drop it. Thank All you. All right. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> so, Mike to the fits, M I K E. Number two, T-H-E-F-I-T-Z on Instagram, guys. All right. Thank you, guys, for, for watching. Thank you. Appreciate Thank you. you coming up, man. This Thank is awesome.
1: You. Thank you.